you, true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou. And yes, I apologize for not getting to my usual three days a week last week. I'm going to make it up to you with an extra episode this week. We'll get to four here during this off-season period. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. And on today's show, well, I'd like to, as I teased last week, I'd like to comment on the idea, the petition that's been spreading around Mizzou to take down the Thomas Jefferson statue, which actually happened to arrive the year that I arrived, arrived on Mizzou's campus. So I'll have my thoughts on that, plus a new concept that I'm going to call the Cheat 16. Yes, not the Sweet 16, but the Cheat 16, an idea I have for structuring college sports. But first, got to get to some Mizzou football recruiting news because, wow, there has been a heck of a lot of it since I broke down, well, what I thought was going to be Missouri's latest commitment, but Shamar Pearl, but now we've got three more. First of all, the guy you probably will see on the field the, the most quickly – is Kiki Chisholm, a grad transfer from Angelo State. And if you know where Angelo State is, well, I'm going to call you a liar. That's what I'm going to do. But no, seriously, he looks like a pretty good prospect, even though that's a Division II program. He is their sixth all-time leading receiver. Six foot four, 220, big-bodied young man for sure. Played almost exclusively on the left, the left boundary side. So he definitely looks like an outside receiver. And at that size, that certainly makes a lot of sense to me. You know, his hands definitely stood out on film. I liked the way he was able to come down with the ball in traffic in a lot of cases. And actually, well, Jarrell Harrison, that's a name that you may or may not be familiar with, a former Missouri defensive back who's now a defensive back's coach at Adams State who played against Kiki Chisholm. He said... As a DB coach that has went up against him these past two years, this isn't a surprising move. Really good player, speed, and will go up and get it. By get it, get it, he means he'll go up and get the football, of course. So nice to hear from Jarrell Harrison. Nice to see that he's doing well, and it's nice to hear that, well, he approves of this new recruit, Kiki Chisholm. So he'll have one year to play at Mizzou. He'll be immediately eligible, and certainly we could use some help at receiver be interesting to see what becomes of young Mr. Chisholm. I also wonder if perhaps this could be somewhat related to Chris Abrams' drain not being on campus yet. He's a kid from Alabama. He managed to get Jimmy Stein from Locked On Bama on the phone a few weeks back. And, well, it sounded like he was going to be a solid slot receiver option in the future for Mizzou, according to Jimmy Stein. But, you know, it's interesting we're not really sure what his status is at this moment. It sounds like it's totally up in the air. So who knows? Perhaps Kiki Chisholm, his recruitment could be eh, maybe at least indirectly related to Chris Abrams' drain not showing up on campus. But, you know, again, during this COVID thing, who knows? Maybe his parents are being cautious. I don't know what's going on. Just something to note there and to keep an eye on, frankly. Well, it seemed like Mizzou wasn't really looking at a lot of linebackers in the 2021 class, but sure enough, they signed two of them, or at least got two verbal commitments this past weekend. First of all, Damian Wilson 
six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pound inside linebacker from Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Well, the first thing he said on in his interview was he said he wants to replace Nick Bolton by the time he's out of school. And well, so no lack of confidence there. We all know how good of a player Nick Bolton is, but I think a good comparison there in terms of just a kid who probably can fill out a little bit. Obviously, two fifteen, he's probably going to put on twenty pounds of muscle. I'd say by the time the Mizzou strength and conditioning staff gets done with him, but you know it seems like he has good side to side speed, just a tackling machine, kind of your prototypical middle linebacker is what he looked like. Had a hundred and twenty three tackles as a junior. Good run defender, big hitter, and you know it's interesting to note that he was a guy that Drinkwitz was recruiting at Appalachian State. Could North Carolina possibly be a bit of a fertile recruiting territory here, at least for a couple seasons, as we have sort of the the tail of that Appalachian State period for Eli? I don't know. It's possible. It'd be interesting to see if we dip into those waters any more out in North Carolina, the Tar Heel State. By the way, Wilson is also rated as a four-star player on ESPN and 24-7 Sports. He's a high three-star on Rivals.com, so a really nice pickup for the Tigers. And really, if you're just if you're the type of person that likes following recruiting rankings, stars, all that good stuff, well, this is shaping up to be probably a, a top 30 or at least borderline top 30, maybe even top 25 class if things keep going well. So... This is all good news, and quite honestly, this is probably, you know, at least on rankings, this has got to be the best Missouri class since 2015, maybe one of the best since 2010 or so. So all good for Eli Drinkwitz right now. And speaking of, I brought up that they weren't really looking at a lot of linebackers. Well, they picked up yet another linebacker, Zachary Lovett, 6'2", 230, Rock Ledge, Florida, well, some are speculating that that size, you know, 6'2", 230, that's a pretty good size for a high school linebacker. Some are speculating that he could bulk up and play some defensive end, maybe just play on the edge a little bit more. I could certainly see that, and his speed does stand out on film for sure. He had offers from Louisville and West Virginia, and I, th- I think the University of Miami too, Miami, Florida. So all good signs as far as his ability as a recruit and as a prospect. So, you know, again, just a lot of positive signs here for Mizzou football. Unfortunately, obviously a lot of people out there are sending up alarms, whatever you want to call it, about COVID once again. So all I'll say about that, I, I've said about enough about that recently. Maybe I'll get my wife on the show. She's a she's a she's more of an expert than I am. She's a nurse, works in the medical field. Maybe I'll ask her some questions about the whole deal. But Honestly, I just want to see us play football because I'm getting a little stir-crazy. I don't know about you all. And speaking of crazy, I do want to share my crazy Cheat 16 idea. But first, I got to tell you once again about a non-crazy idea, and that's going to Built Bar. And yes, it is officially pool season for your beloved host here. I'm officially in my new house. We have a pool, and you know what that means. I got to trim down because I'm looking awful sloppy these days. But you know what? You still got to treat yourself on occasionally. And these days when I'm looking for a treat, I reach for a built bar because well, if you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, there's no better way to go. Take the peanut butter brownie for instance. 
you're looking at 170 calories, 20 grams of protein, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Come on. You can't go wrong with any of that, especially since they taste so wonderful. And you can get nut varieties, nut-free varieties. Check it all out by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your very first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Well, as we await to see what the NCAA does with the University of Kansas and its five violations that they're accused of, it brings up sort of the topic once again of amateurity. And when you see all the money that's being thrown around in college athletics, the highest levels of college football and basketball, you've got bag men, you've got bag moms, you've got money just being exchanged all over the place under the table. And then above the table, again, I talked about this a little bit a week or so ago about how in the non-for-profit college model, you just have to spend, spend, spend whatever you bring in. And by golly, those giant new locker rooms and scoreboards and all that stuff, well, that's a lot of money that could potentially be going into the hands of players. That's the argument, right? But then, of course, well, we like college sports the way they are. We sort of like the idea that, oh, these kids are out there playing for the love of the game, yada, yada, yada. This is an ongoing debate, clearly. So in the spirit of compromise, in the spirit of love and empathy, as you know I'm all about that good stuff, I would like to offer a compromise that I'm calling the Cheat 16. And so the idea is the top 16 programs in the country, basically just in terms of of wealth, let's be honest, the real monolith, gigantic programs, like for basketball, let's just start ripping them off. Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, Kansas. Those types of teams would clearly be in the Cheat 16. And what would the Cheat 16 be? Well, it would be exactly what you think. Anything goes, it's no rules, basically. Well, there'd be rules, but essentially, you can pay whoever you want. Zion Williamson, hey, here's $500,000. Heck, here's $5 million. Come play for Duke for a year. Let's just... Put it all out there. What the heck? And then you'll still have teams like Missouri, Iowa State, Vanderbilt. Yes, we'll actually play college football as it was originally meant to be played. And I guess then we can have our cake and eat it too. Now, just for the fun of it, the other day, I started writing down who I thought should be in the Cheat 16. And, well, surprisingly, there aren't that many schools that I think should be in both the basketball and football versions of the Cheat 16. Now, Ohio State is probably the most obvious one, and, well, they're probably the biggest, one of the biggest public universities in the Big Five conferences, so, so why not them? But, again, let, let's start with basketball here. Again, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky are pretty obvious. And then I threw in Louisville as well. I also thought Villanova should be in there in spite of the fact that you know they've won multiple national championships obviously not the biggest money maker in terms of football but on the basketball side they're about as big as it gets now really from there it honestly gets difficult to figure out who would be in the in the rest of the cheat 16 sure we'll probably throw UCLA and Indiana in there but neither one of those teams has exactly been 
burning up the nets the last 10 years or so. Arizona, Michigan State I would throw in there. Probably Michigan as well. Maryland, Syracuse. I don't know. It starts getting really tough. Does Texas get in there just with the amount of money that they have? I could see that as well. But, you know, it's it really is amazing just how it's almost more so than football when you really start breaking down this cheat 16 thing, just how big a monolith those blue blood top-end programs are. In fact, ironically, the, those top four I mentioned all wear blue, and so does Villanova. So Louisville, the only outlier there that wears red. But anyway, that's the basketball side of it, more or less. I'm sure there are some people who would argue for other programs there. So let me know if you have any suggestions. But then on the football side, it's a little more obvious. I mean, clearly you got LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Oregon, Florida, Texas, Alabama, USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, Auburn. And now, but then from there, then it gets a little more tricky. What are we talking? Tennessee, Florida State, maybe Texas A&M to to end it out. I think A&M's probably got to get in there. But all I know is those top 16 teams are just massive programs that – have stadiums that hold at least 80,000 people, I think, without any exception that I can think of as I'm looking at this list. I mean, those those really, those really teams I just named are just on another level on their own. And frankly, it makes a lot of sense if they were just, oh, let's just play 15-game college football seasons against each other every year. W- why not? Or maybe you could just do 12 games against each other and play, I don't know, two or three against the other division, the non-cheat 16, too. Maybe that's the solution. Maybe at the end of the college football season, the champion of the non-cheaters plays the cheaters in the cheat bowl. What do you guys think? All I know is I'm really happy that I was able to leave the Nebraska Cornhuskers out of the cheat 16, and frankly, I'm sure their fans are furious right now realizing they haven't made it. That makes me happy. It really does, and frankly, lends a lot of credence to this whole idea. All right. I want to get to my Thomas Jefferson take about his statue on the Mizzou campus. But first, I've got to tell you guys about rockauto.com. And I don't know about you, I'm not the most handy guy in the world, not necessarily the most mechanically inclined, but I know how to do some stuff. And when I attempt to do things, all I really want is to not get ripped off. Well, Unfortunately, sometimes these traditional chain storefront auto parts stores, well, they kind of rip you off a little bit because they're not giving you the same prices that they're giving to auto dealers and professional mechanics. Well, fortunately, at rockauto.com, you never have that problem whatsoever because at rockauto.com, their prices are always reliably low and the same for everyone. Why spend up to twice as much on parts that are exactly the same. So go to rockauto.com right now to see their entire inventory right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Before I delve into these controversial statue removal waters, let's just establish really quickly a baseline of understanding. Now, I don't even feel like I should have to say this, but it sure seems like that I do. But 
slavery was an abomination. Slavery is a terrible stain on human history. It is immoral. And unfortunately, in some parts of the world, it still goes on to this very day. No part of me is happy about that. No part of me is advocating any of that. In fact, I advocate quite the opposite as a human being. Now, the good news is, it sure seems like the vast, vast, vast majority, I'm talking 99% of humanity, seems to agree with that statement. So that's that speaks to the time that we live in. But there's a lot of things about the time that we live in that someday, future generations, I'm sure, will look back at things that we did and will turn their nose up at it as well. For instance, think about our current president, Donald Trump, and our previous president, Barack Obama. Now, those two names that I just brought up, probably you're getting nervous already, right? Because, whoa, no, John's about to go political. Well, the reason I bring up these two gentlemen is because seemingly they have nothing in common, right? But these two guys will be very important figures historically, obviously, to say the least. But the one thing they absolutely have in common is whenever Barack Obama, I noticed Michelle Obama, boy, she loves some kale, didn't she? She was all about making us all eat kale. (laughs) But it seemed like when Barack would get out of the White House and head head out on the campaign trail, he was very quick to grab a cheeseburger. And you know what? I love myself a good cheeseburger as well. And guess who else likes a cheeseburger? Well, none other than Donald Trump. Now, he's Mr. McDonald's and fast food, it seems like. I'm, I'm sure he's had some high-end Angus and Kobe burgers as well. Don't you worry. But my point is, is one day I can absolutely see a scenario when 99% of humanity looks back at our time and says, wow, I can't believe people ate meat. I can't believe that people raised and slaughtered animals and oh my god isn't this terrible and all that good stuff and if i live 200 years from now i might feel the exact same way by then perhaps we will have made the perfect synthetic food that gets all the nutrients and vitamins that frankly you mostly only get from red meat and that kind of stuff you know, I'm sure we'll figure that out eventually, and pro- I can easily see a day where meat-eating is totally unnecessary and really just, frankly, not done. But having said that, if that day comes, are we going to then look back at Barack Obama and Donald Trump and just throw them out with the baby, throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were. Just nothing that they said or believed in matters. We're just going to dismiss all of their opinions and ideas and any historical context that we can learn about ourselves because they ate meat. They're just totally dismissed. Both Obama and Trump utterly thrown into the wastebasket of history because of that. Well, that's kind of what you're doing with Thomas Jefferson. Because yes, he was wrong to own slaves, as anyone was and is wrong to own slaves. But the Thomas Jefferson statue, any Thomas Jefferson statue to my mind, especially the one that was erected in 2001 on the University of Missouri Quad, is not a monument to slavery. That's not what you think of when you see Thomas Jefferson, or at least it shouldn't be. Just as when you see Barack Obama 
You shouldn't think meat eater, and then that's all you think of. That's ridiculous. Obviously, there's more, much more to Obama. There's much more to Trump than them just being meat eaters. So let's try to have some level of empathy and some sort of understanding as to what the time was. How about some context? And frankly, again, Thomas Jefferson is an important figure because of his ideas. His ideas about freedom, about liberty. The guy wrote the Declaration of Independence for crying out loud. Do we not think that that was an important document, an historical and historically significant document? Of course it is. It's one of the most important things that's ever been read, written, done, period, in all of human history. So guess what? If you, you start taking down the statues, you know, it's just it's one step away from book burning. It really is. And the people who don't recognize that, I'm sorry, that really frightens me as a human being. We're never going to know where we are or where we go or where we're going as a society if we don't know where we've been. And the, and the thing is, if Thomas Jefferson were just like some completely objectionable figure, like he was Mao or something, and he just was known for having terrible, murderous ideas, then fine, take down the statue. But I'm sorry, I still believe that the ideals that Jefferson and many of the founding fathers espoused were important. If that makes me a white supremacist, if that's what you think, well, I think you're an idiot. That's my brutally honest opinion. And with that cheery thought, let's get on out of here for this day. I've talked to you off long enough, and I certainly appreciate you listening, as always. And, well, if you're looking for some more content, definitely check out Blake Lovell over at Locked On SEC. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.